The fact that my aunt had left quite a lot of money to me came as a surprise. She'd never mentioned it, and I'd never even considered the possibility. I was determined, though, to use that windfall to make my life better. I would buy a house, nothing too big, that would feel like home to me. I would create my sanctuary in the city, and then the city would feel more like home. It seemed to take ages to find exactly the right place, but I finally did, a little cottage, outside the city proper, on Walnut Street. As soon as I saw it, I knew it was right. It felt right. The front-facing windows, and the porch, almost looked like it was smiling. Inside, when I peered through the windows, it felt homey. It felt like home. It seemed to wrap itself around me, like a big woolen blanket. If you can fall in love with a house, I did right then. I think the agent noticed my feelings, too. He turned to me and said, the previous owner loved this place. She lived in it all her adult life. Full disclosure, she died in it. Her daughter told me that her mother never wanted to leave, said it was too lovely. Looking around the house, I totally understood that. Everything just seemed to be exactly where it should be. Even the way the sun came in the windows seemed just right. It was perfect. So, I bought it, of course. This was going to be my special place, where I would make my life in the city. Furnishing the place was obvious. I bought things that seemed to suit the house, and there would be places that they just felt right. It was tiring, though, working, shopping for stuff for the house, and organizing everything. There were a couple of mornings when I woke up and found things in different places from where I thought I'd put them, but the new location seemed right, and I was tired. I guessed I must have moved them sometime before I went to bed, or something like that. That's not to say it was perfect. It was always hard to leave in the morning. Not just psychologically hard, sometimes physically hard. The front door tended to jam a bit in the mornings, and it could take a bit of effort to get it open. It would always open easily, when I got home though. It must have been moisture or something. Little things like that could not detract from the homeliness of the place. It was so comfortable. I seldom went out on the weekends. It was that nice. I never lost anything in there either. Anytime I thought I'd lost something, I would find it in an obvious place. I loved the house, and I swear, it loved me too. Of course, life doesn't always work out as you expect. A few months after I bought the house I got a fantastic offer from my company. They were expanding the rural services side of the business and offered me a manager's position in my hometown. The combination was too great to turn down, a promotion, more money, and back with the people I felt most comfortable with. I loved the idea, but I just wished I could take my new home with me. The company, like most significant organizations, wanted everything done immediately. I had to be back home in a week. Well, I could pack up the stuff I would need now, and then send the rest down later. I picked up some boxes from the office, and decided to start that evening. When I came home, my house was exactly as it always was, warm and welcoming, a haven from the city. I almost felt guilty at the thought of abandoning it, but I pushed that thought aside and started to pack. 
I had to take a break from the house, so I stood in the hall and said, I'm afraid I'm going to have to sell you. That made me feel better. The creaking in the house was obviously just caused by the wind. The first thing I needed to box up was, of course, my work stuff. I went into my study, warmed by the last shaft of the late afternoon sun, and set to work. I wanted to make sure I had everything I needed and soon was lost in the job. It was only when I finished packing up the first three boxes that I noticed the difference. It was cold. Oddly, my house had never felt cold before. I went out to the hall and checked the heat pump, no problem, running as per usual. Shrugging, I grabbed a sweater and went back to work. I was just settling down at my desk when the lights flickered. It wasn't much, just a bit of a flicker, but it had never happened before. Was there something wrong with the wiring? I didn't know much about electrical stuff, but I thought I'd better check the fuse box. The fuse box was in the laundry at the back of the house, just down the hall. When I stepped into the hall, I felt even colder. I felt goosebumps rise on my arms, not just because of the temperature. It felt like someone was watching me. I shivered, only partly from the chill. I'd never realized before just how quiet my house was. I couldn't hear anything, not a thing, except the slow thump of my heart. Even the atmosphere of the hall felt wrong like it was electric, charged, full of energy. It must be the fuse box. There must be something wrong with the electricity, I thought. I hurried down the hall, except I couldn't. The hall seemed somehow longer, much longer than it had been before. It was only a cottage, but now I seemed to be walking so far. Then, suddenly, the door to the laundry was in my face. I almost banged into it. I shook my head. Had I been working too hard? Too much stale air in the house. I'd have to open a window, but first, the fuses. The laundry was freezing. The back window was open, letting in a cold breeze. Strange. I never opened that window. I pushed it shut. It looked very dark outside, but then again, I usually never came to the laundry in the evening, so I had no idea what the view from there was like at night. I would have expected some stars or streetlights, or something. I turned to the fuse box, and it looked okay. All the breakers were up. And then they weren't. As I watched, one of the breakers tripped. Except, it didn't just trip like normal. It slowly moved down. Then the next one followed, faster than the next. I was mesmerized. Then they sped up. Suddenly all the breakers seemed to be moving, flicking up and down in a chaotic mess. I screamed. I admit it, I did. I yanked open the door and raced back into the hull. The lights in the hall were going crazy. They were flickering like some sort of mad nightclub. I felt nauseous. The back door was open. It looked very dark out there, but it was clear. I ran for it. Before I could reach it, it swung and slammed shut. The noise was deafening in the stillness of the house. I turned and ran for the front door, convinced that the whole house was about to explode in some sort of electrical catastrophe. As I reached the door, the flickering stopped. I pulled on the door, but nothing. It wouldn't move. 
It was jammed even tighter than ever before. It wouldn't budge, I pulled, I shouted at it. My back was to the hall, and my skin crawled, feeling so vulnerable, so exposed. I spun back to the door, to look down the aisle. The hall carpet was moving. Waves flowed through it, as if it was some sort of liquid. I was transfixed. I had no frame of reference for this, no idea what to do. Then the carpet ripped off the floor. In a single wave, it rose to stand in front of me, towering above me, brushing the ceiling. I was frozen. This was impossible. Then the surface of the carpet in front of my face rippled. Slowly, ever so slowly, some sort of structure seemed to be pushing its way out of the carpet. Lines, curves, I couldn't make it out. Then my mind snapped into recognition. A face. A face, a woman's face, was smiling at me out of the carpet. I can't honestly remember what I did next. It was all becoming too much. Something broke in my mind. The next conscious memory I have is being back in my study, sitting on the floor. Everything that I'd put in the boxes was back on the shelves. The room felt warm and homely again, and the lights were not flickering. Everything was fine. Had I dreamed? Was that some crazy sort of hallucination? I needed some air. I stood, stretched, and went to the window. My window has a lovely view out over the neighborhood. Or, at least, it should. When I looked out, there was only darkness. Not the fake darkness of a city night, lit by street lamps and car headlights. No, this was the darkness of pure emptiness. There was nothing out there at all. Absolutely nothing. I recoiled, pulling back from the window. I had to check. Carefully I went out to the hall. The carpet was on the floor, where it belonged. I went to the front door. It opened effortlessly onto nothing. It wasn't just a black night. There was no ground around the house, no speck of light in any direction. Nothing. My home and I were in the middle of absolute nothingness. I closed the door and walked back inside. When I got to the kitchen, I was, somehow, not surprised that the coffee maker was already on, and my favorite cup was out on the bench. My house does not want me to leave. It seems there is nothing I can do. But, do you know what? I don't care anymore. In the end, this house is the only friend, the only honest friend I ever made in this city. All it wants is for me to stay with it. It demands nothing else, so how can I say no? So why did I write this letter, and leave it on the desk? I think I may need to let people know what happened. Well the house may love me, I'm not sure it understands me. Does it know I'm going to need food?